Well, greetings here on Deep Background for August 9th, uh, 2017, from high atop the second floor of the Kansas City Star Building at uh, 17th and Grand. Joining us today, Lynn Horsley from the Kansas City Star at the City Hall Bureau. Very good Lynn, to be here. great to be with you. And then Steve Bachrot, uh, who covers City Hall off and on, business things and other stories for the business page of the Kansas City Star. Thanks, uh, Steve, for being here as well. Thank you for having Well, we're going to start talking about last night's election results I think questions two and three we can sort of just handle quickly. Uh, Clay Chastain's uh, latest plan went nowhere, Lynn, right? Once again, 60% of the voters said, no, Clay, we really don't want your plan. We do not want a tax increase. We do not want a light rail plan. I don't know if Clay will take that message, but they they rejected it again. And minimum and wage— And he also—he said, well, I'm, I'll never do this again, which— Which he said before, <laughs> and he'll probably be back. Right, but, right, um, right. Minimum wage uh, did pass. And right now, this, the city council has an ordinance that raises gradually raises the minimum wage to $13 an hour. They will likely repeal that maybe as early as this week and let the new voter-approved ordinance take effect, which gradually raises the minimum wage to $15 an hour, right. except that state law th- says you can't do that. So I think the city council will just let that take effect and then let the cards fall where they may, somebody is probably going to sue uh, either to enforce the ordinance or to try to get it overturned. Right. We, um, we wrote on the editorial page that no one should expect their wages to go up anytime soon based on this vote. The city is not planning to enforce right. so this new ordinance. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Neither of those votes were a surprise, Steve, were they, to you? Um... Not particularly. I mean, I didn't think that Clay's thing was going to go through, even though it did have the support of the uh, Transit Alliance. It the, that support seemed to come pretty late in the game, and I think, you know, Clay won't like to hear me say this, but I think at this point, with his name attached to anything, um, I think the default in a lot of voters' minds is it's uh, an impractical plan, and in some ways, it was. So that wasn't a surprise. Um, Minimum wage, I don't think, was much of a surprise. Um, Passed, you know, handily, certainly south of the river. Um, But Lynn's right, that's really headed to a court battle at this point. Well, one thing I will say, it does give some steam to a statewide effort, petition drive, that is a little bit more modest and would raise the uh, minimum wage to $12 an hour. And if the city measure had failed, that would have really uh, put a crimp in that effort. Yeah. Question one then did pass, which is uh, convoluted, but in essence appears to require citywide approval before any city staff can become involved in any streetcar-related project in Kansas City. Do I read that right, Lynn? Yeah. (laughs) Some people apparently thought they were voting yes for streetcar expansion, but what this vote was is a yes vote was to prohibit city participation in streetcar expansion for the time being. And, and it was led by people who are just not convinced streetcars. They are oppose good thing. it. They right think right it's now. a waste of money. It's stupid that the city should concentrate on buses, and um, so it even penalizes the city for doing planning. You know, right now there is a grassroots effort that on Friday was approved, last week was approved by people living in Midtown. A couple thousand voters said yes to establishing a new streetcar taxing district. And that sets the stage for a couple more votes where they could approve 
sales and property tax increases to help pay for streetcar right, expansion. Right, right, right. Um, but it needs city participation, especially to get federal yeah, funding. You you, right. You're not going to tear up the streets right. without somebody at the city being involved. Now, to be clear, it doesn't immediately halt the TDD planning. Um, they can move forward with their own. They have their own source of revenue, and they've already hired a company. They're going to do the engineering and try to get this off the dime to go south from downtown to the UMKC uh, campus. But ultimately, it will need city help. Now, some people, including the law department, think there are legal problems with what the voters approved on Tuesday night. They don't think you can legally interfere with contracts or halt city planning. Uh, but it will or take, let alone impose a fine on city exactly. uh, staff who, who do something that is now prohibited. Right. Now, under the um, charter, if you get enough signatures, you can put a measure to the ballot, and if it passes, uh, then the city council within a year can repeal a petition drive with nine votes. And uh, so we'll see if they... Um, you know, the, the, some members of the council are inclined to try to repeal this effort. They don't want to halt streetcar expansion. Right. Uh, but I don't think they're going to do anything right away. In fact, I think they're probably going to wait till after the airport vote in November. Right. The, the whole point is now everyone has to sort of step back and understand what voters have said to them. What, what, what do you think voters were saying, Steve, with the question one? Well, it's it, it could be a reflection of the broader attitude about the streetcar. Um, certainly there are pockets of downtown and midtown that are very enthusiastic about it. Now, I think you get a little bit further afield from those areas, and I think there's some question about, you know, this thing's two miles, it gets a lot of hoopla, but how really helpful is it? Uh, Which is always true on rail projects, right? The farther you get from the rail, the less enthusiasm there is for it. Right, because fewer people use it. Right. And, um, and they certainly are not interested, as we've seen time and again, in taxing themselves to build some sort of rail transit system. They've turned that down, not just Clay's plan, yeah. but there was a city-sponsored plan that was rejected for fairly handily, too. So. Particularly in the Northland, this effort failed. Uh, it passed south of the river, but overall, out of about 34,000 votes, it it failed by right. almost 900 But is votes. there a broader lesson, I guess, is what I'm asking, that's applicable to our views about mass transit and really about how people see City Hall? Well, let's look at the plan, the, the, the one plan that has ever passed, and that was Clay Chastain's plan in 2006. And for whatever faults Clay has personally or about his plans, the thing you can say about that plan that passed, it was pretty broad coverage. It reached a lot of destinations. It had a lot of, it had more applicability to voters at large than the streetcar does. And that's all, that's why, you know, any. any but it also wasn't a tax increase. It was appropriating bus right, taxes. Right. It, <laughs> it, it was moving things around. Right. So that, that worked out a little bit, uh, that worked out in his favor as well. But I think, you know, it's pretty clear that any citywide initiative for the way the streetcar has been being planned for expansion is probably going to kill the effort because, like we were talking about earlier, there's so many people who don't use it, who will never use it, and who don't understand why it would be important, who would show up at the ballot box and say, eh. Right. The other thing to keep in mind about the one plan that did pass was that it, it, it was on the ballot in an off-year election in November. So turnout was much higher than you typically get on these other 
uh, other ballot issues. And you do get the sense that if there's a broader turnout, people might come out and vote for a streetcar that might not, norm, not normally come out in an August or an April election which we've seen time and time yeah, and time Yeah, let's again. be clear. This was a special election. It was very low turnout. I think it was about 10 or 11 percent. Right. But so do we think that this stalls momentum for the streetcar generally? It, it uh, does. It, it does not, but it it's doesn't It's a message kill it. of some sort. Yes, it, 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 it does stall it. It doesn't kill it. You know, even the streetcar proponents say the part of the city that has always wanted rail transit and in every election has supported it is down the main street corridor along the southwest corridor. That's the part of the electorate that approved streetcar expansion last Friday with a with a very special mail-in ballot process. That's why they went that route is because that group of people appears to be willing to tax themselves right. to build streetcar. But, but you, so, but so you're they're your own story, Lynn, which mm-hmm. sort of showed how you gerrymandered the TDD, and Steve, you've made this argument, contributes to the lack of faith in this entire process, right? Don't you think that's true, that that you, you, your yeah. story where, you know, the walnuts is out? And the, yes. Yeah, I mean, it, that, it's, it's a weird way. Well, and it is imposing a significant tax burden on a pretty small yes. part of the city. Yes. Um, that effort does not stop, but this sends a message that uh, most of the city doesn't agree with that approach. Uh, I think there's still a very a, a contingent of people who really feel like we've built two miles. We cannot stop now. Yeah. It makes no sense not to build the streetcar on out to the plaza. I think those efforts will continue. Um, like I said, the city council can repeal this measure uh, with nine votes uh, within this next year. We may see a move to do that, but right now everything's kind of on pause again yeah, while yeah. we try to deal with well, the We airport. ran into someone, a citizen at City Hall yesterday, uh, Steve, who believed that the TDD system allowed the members of the TDD to vote to impose a tax on the entire city, which may reflect, which is wrong. That's incorrect. Incorrect. Right. But if that, if that view is common... That might explain some of what happened on question one, in, in which people are saying, look, don't don't set up this system in which I'm going to have to pay money unless I get a chance to vote for it. I mean, t- transportation development districts aren't something that we learn in high school civics classes. <laughs> so I think, I mean, it's, it's certainly an oddity. Um, and, you know, like we've talked about, I think there are some misgivings about drawing certain districts to have certain voters in, certain voters out. And true, you know, people are voting to tax themselves for something that they theoretically want. But that also ignores that, you know, you have people who own property who don't live within the district. You can't vote in it. Now, that happens all the time. Right. But if you're sort of prescribing these districts, you have to sort of accept that criticism of what you're trying to do. And, you know, I think it's not uncommon that I run into people, this is just anecdotal, who have misgivings about we're a very divided city on rail transit, yep. no doubt about it. And this election just confirmed that. Right. And, and and has some broader implication that at least this slows down the streetcar uh, expansion. It doesn't stop it, I guess, is what the conclusion is. But let me ask you this sort of as a transition, uh, Lynn, into the airport discussion. Already last night, I was saying tweets, say, uh, you know, suggesting this shows that the November vote on the airport might be in jeopardy precisely because distrust is so high in City Hall, and the question one reflects that. you think that's true? 
Well, again, this was a very small electorate. Not very many people were paying attention. Some people may not even have understood what they were voting no on. No campaign. And no campaign. In April, the voters approved a ginormous a uh, huge issue. bond authorization that did raise their property taxes. Now, that was for basic infrastructure, right. and Kansas Cityans tend to support basic infrastructure. Right. Whether people consider the airport basic infrastructure, I don't know. You know of course, we're no gonna, taxes involved. Right. It, it's not a tax increase. The airport is an important asset. We've had a fervent debate about that for five years. I'm sure there's going to be a very rigorous campaign. And and a bigger turnout. I wouldn't write off the airport, but sure, it's got to give city leaders, you know, some cautionary note. Um, You know, they would have preferred to see voters reject question one and just allow the streetcar to proceed. Right. We're heading into an enormously important week for the airport discussion. Uh, on Thursday, the financial proposals are due from the four groups that are still interested in, in the project. Uh, the council will talk about ballot language again. They still haven't untied this weird knot about public or private financing in terms of what needs to go on the ballot. They have to figure that out by the 24th of August, assuming they go on a regular schedule. Uh, And then Monday, of course, the proposers make their pitches, and there may be a recommendation as soon as Tuesday on which which company or which consortium will get this this business. So this week is very important. And then, boy, it's a roller coaster to November, right, Steve? Right. Um, Now they they could make a recommendation at any time, but they could also wait until after the August twenty fourth. And I think the complexity of this. Uh, of, of making this choice suggests that that may happen. What they want to do with ballot language, or at least what some on the council want to do, is pass a version of the ballot language that is leaves some flexibility. So let's say, you know, one of the proposers has a combination of public and private financing. That doesn't, uh, they can still put that before the voters with a straight face. Um, so I think the ballot language, you know, the, the, the tension in the ballot language discussion is setting up like this. There's uh, some contemplation about, you know, do we just have the voters ask for public airport revenue bonds, which is typically how this is done. Right. You know, there's also this petition-led effort by labor organizations to say to commit the city to private financing because the labor organizations think that private financing is the way to go. And then this more flexible version. Right. Skinny, skinny airport, as we're calling it. Right. Um, so that's sort of the drama, if you will, on just the ballot language. And, and they have a deadline for that. Yeah, that's and, the 24th. And let's explain why this is important. Because the you're right, you can pick the proposer later, although everyone I've talked to thinks it has to be done before voters decide in November, assuming you put it on the November ballot. But if you're going to ask for permission to do public bonds for the airport, you have to ask voters for that. And that presumably has to come in August. So you do have to figure out this whether it's public bonds, private bonds, or, as some have now proposed, sort of a skinny airport proposal that leaves that question up in the air. Right. I mean, for certainly just for campaign purposes, you would want to uh, uh, get off get off your duff and pick somebody so that you can have something to show to the voters right. and say, this is the direction that we're going and see. That's what I've heard from people is they want to see a picture. They want to know what the airport's going to look like. I don't think we're going to get that before August 24th. Well, I, don't I could be wrong. What we may but, get is all the pictures. 
right? Or at least some version from all the proposers, this is what we kind of have in mind. I think, think that's right? I sense that there's an interest from the proposers to make their idea public at some point. I mean, you know, certainly it benefit it would benefit some of the proposers to say, here, this see if they can get some public support behind what they're you know, we got the prettiest one to show you guys and maybe get some public pressure on the uh, selection committee one way or the other. I mean, you know, certainly Burns and McDonald has been doing an advertising campaign, uh, very public. You know, they're, they're holding rallies. They're getting George Brett to say this is a great plan <laughs> and things like that. And to me, to my way of thinking, it's probably not aimed so much at people like you and me and Lynn and anybody else in the town, but probably the six people on the selection committee to say right. – and you the know, council after that, council which will have to make that. the final pick. Right. To, to take us inside the council for a little bit, Lynn, because you, you mentioned earlier the city is split on light rail. I think sp- the council is split on the airport, too. Yes. I mean, clearly, Sly James is absolutely chomping at the bit to, to, to do get, it his way, to get a, a new airport and to, to get the public behind this. And I think maybe there are six other council members uh aligned kind of with him. You know, there are 13 members of the council. Uh, so they have to have seven folks, you know, supportive of a particular direction. But we have a couple of Northland council members who went door to door campaigning for election in 2015. And they say all they heard from their constituents was, we like our airport just the way we where it is. We yeah. don't think we need a new one. Don't tear it down. Don't build a new terminal. So again, we're, uh, we have a divided city. Probably the Northland has a different perspective than south of the river. Business travelers have a very different perspective than leisure travelers. Uh, the airlines have their own views. All the constituent groups out there. Exactly, the and the polling at least what we've seen, still shows the public is not convinced that we need this new terminal, right. while the airlines say we do. So I think the council is somewhat torn. Uh, but you can't, and Steve, you may want to weigh in the, on this too, you can't go to voters in November with a seven to six vote, can you? I mean, can you literally, I mean, is it possible that council members would actively oppose whatever the final decision is? That would make it even less likely to pass, Right. Possibly. I mean, um, I think what's interesting to me is the mayor, who might be the one person that could build a consensus, has so far not done so. Right. Uh, among the council members and the other people who are on the periphery. Well, that's not for lack of trying. I mean, every day on his Twitter feed, he's got a dialogue going with people. Right, but who, it's my but, way or the highway dialogue, right? I mean, it's sort of this is what the way we want to proceed. And and that's why the ballot language is so confused. That's well, why I think whole, he feels like the airlines have made their decision and they're the key tenants. And so we kind of have to go with the direction they want. I think he does want a decision. And frankly, if the voters say no... He is ready to move on. And then we'll just kind of limp along with KCI and maybe incremental improvements. But the airport is outdated in many ways. And if this vote fails, we may see Kansas City continue to uh, lose flights and lose business as a result. But, but if it fails, and uh, you know, we, we don't want to get too far ahead of the story, but if it struggles— it may be partly because people on the merits have decided, no, I, you know, we like the airport the way it is. But part of it is the rollout has been poor. The campaign has been poor. 
the entire image of this effort has been confused from the well, beginning. Well, and I will also recall that the same thing happened with the GEO bond. That was a high-stakes right. election. The council had fierce debates for a while. It looked like they weren't going to figure out a way to draft ballot language for these infrastructure projects. And in the end, they did pull it together, and the voters went along. Right, right. Yeah, the difference, though, with the GEO bond is if you look at you know city satisfaction surveys, the thing that the city always gets hit on, uh, from the public is, you know, infrastructure and basic services. And so the GO bond election was a promise to a wide swath of people that, hey, we'll fix some of these things that you guys are saying you're not happy with. On the flip side, the citizen satisfaction surveys, uh, even though the numbers are, have dropped in the last couple of years, are still fairly glowing for the airport, which suggests that a lot of people still like it more or less the way it is. You also have some uh, data that suggests that Kansas City, Missouri passengers are in the minority of people who use the airport. That right, suggests right. that you have travelers from Johnson County and Leavenworth who won't be voting on this. And so if you have a large portion of the electric who thinks, hey, this isn't maybe that big a deal. I hear from my neighbors who think it's fine the way it is. That suggests a different dynamic going Right, and you have to overcome we- that in a campaign, which is also quite behind schedule if you were going I, I, my own view is the it, it, the ch- chances for passing uh, a, an airport improvement package were always marginal but but probably favorable but the way it's been handled almost for a year has contributed to confusion and frustration and and no one ever said look we need to grab hold of this and do it in an orderly public you know we get criticized all the time on the editorial board for writing about all the secrecy involved if you're going to get the voters to approve something you have to be transparent if right. they, if people think there's an odor around this there's every reason to turn out and vote no and i think that's what you know if it fails in november you may be right the mayor lynn wants to move on but someone's going to do a postmortem and say, what did we do wrong? And they're going to say what we did wrong is stumble out at some weird private proposal and then go back and then hire counsel and then extend the window. And then it, the public's just going, well, what the hell are you doing? Well, and that, and that was the oddity behind sort of this latest push to do this airport. I mean, you will remember that, you know, the business community started to, you know, some of the leading organizations like the Civic Council and the Chamber of Commerce were in the KCADC, uh, were on the same page with this. The leadership right. had come in together. The Northland, said, the Platte County groups. Right. They the said, group, you yeah. know, we're going to work on our members and we're going to have this, you know, we're going to try and present this unified message behind the need for a new airport, which was largely absent when this discussion was really heating up the last time in 2015 and 2016. There was a little bit of, uh, the business community was a little bit absent for that and they weren't this time. And so they started to sort of build momentum towards this, you know, unified front, if you will. And then, yeah, the the conversation that's taken over since then is this rollout of the Burns and McDonald plan with private financing that was going to be a sole source contract. And then they had to walk that back. And then they were going to say, well, we'll open it for bids, but Burns McDonald gets the last look. And then they had to roll that back. And, (laughs) you know, so, you know, I don't know how much it's hard to tell, you know, because the star isn't sponsoring a poll and we only we have very limited uh, access to persuasive polling information. You know, I don't know how much the public just looks at this and says, God, this is a mess. I need to run the other way. Um, but I can't think that it helps. And if you if you want a campaign, I think the sooner that you try to really mount an effort, the better. 
And we don't necessarily have that aside from what Burns and McDonald's doing, mostly out of its own self-interest at this point. Right, right. You do get the sense, Len, maybe you disagree with this, that one of the messages from the vote this week was the public wants a voice in what happens on the streetcar. They certainly want a voice in what's happening on the airport. Maybe they think I mean, the problem is if they don't think they're getting it, it's going to be even harder to pass. Yes, I agree with that. I will also say, though, that the business community, I think, behind the scenes has continued to make these presentations. Mm -hmm. They are pretty unified. Uh, We'll have to see whether they can drag the public along. Right. All of official Kansas City is on board for this. The Kansas City Star is on board. And I for think this, there has know. been a shift. I mean, for a long time, there was real resistance to the idea of a new terminal. I think more and more people have come around to that idea. Now it's which proposal do we go with? How do we pay for it? Uh, recognizing that it's not taxpayer dollars. You know, we are very much in the weeds on this, and I'm not sure the public is paying that much attention. I agree with that. On the other hand, uh, last week when we were listening, I think it was last week when the discussion about, or two weeks ago when the ballot language discussion uh, was uh, taken up by some council committees, we were told that the word private financing has to come out of the ballot language for legal reasons. Well, you, you can drive a truck through that if you're running a campaign. You, well, you know, and, the public and is going to say, oh, it's not in the ballot language. You know as well as I do, that's a huge thing in well, Kansas City. Well, and the polling supp- supposedly has shown that the biggest favor is for private financing. Right. Uh, although, and it won't be in the ballot language. Right. And so, you know, with so many unanswered questions, and I think you and some others have said, boy, the, the time frame is so, you know, we get on the other side of Labor Day, you've got eight weeks. Eight weeks to sort of clear out the smoke, whatever smoke was created in the summer, and convince people to turn out for something they may not be ever use or may not be convinced is necessary. That's a tall order. It is. And, uh, you know, we we talk a lot of times about this idea, and and the proponents for the new airport are going to play off this idea of, you know, a new KCI is going to represent another step in Kansas City's progress, a city on the rise, right, so on right. and so forth. But the same, me- the same message really is uh, dropped on the streetcar as sort of a symbol of this, you know, Kansas City on the rise thing. And we saw from last night's election results that um, at least the voters that showed up, which wasn't, weren't too many, um, maybe don't buy into that quite as much as maybe we think. Do you think the council will reevaluate its decision-making on the airport based on what happened Tuesday? Well, we'll get a sense of that on th- tomorrow. I mean, they are going to have another hefty discussion about the ballot language. It, it's this week and next week when they have to get that resolved. And I think it will also become more clear after Monday, after we see the presentations. If the presentations, Actually, we're not going to see the presentations. Well, well but I mean, after the selection <laughs> committee right, right, sees right. the presentations, and we hear about you know, uh, if, if they're really dynamite and the, and the you know, the, the selection committee is really impressed, that may give them some more optimism. It, this is a tall order. Uh, it was always going to be a heavy yeah, lift. And Kansas City voters have, have, have uh, you know, taken a big step forward from time to time. They've also said no when they had big doubts. And, you know, I, I, I learned after last year's election to stop trying to predict what's going to happen with voters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Final question. Steve, we've written a lot about the secrecy in, the, in the pro, uh, this process. And you had a story over the weekend about the mayor being uh, upset at some leaks from, from city council members and that type of thing. How damaging has that been both to this 
process, but also just generally to Sly James in your view, if at all? Hard to tell. Um, I think it hasn't helped necessarily his relationships on the council, which haven't been great since he started his second term. I don't think they've necessarily gotten better. Um, I mean, you were at that work session with me yesterday, and you could sort of feel the yes. uh, tension in the room. I don't think that was lost on on, on Particularly anyone. from the mayor, I must say. I mean, just, you know, it's it's body language and tone, but it's it's not, you know, it's, it's obvious what was on his mind. Right. Um, you know, as far as what, you know, how the broader public takes that, uh, takes the secrecy, harder to tell. I mean, there's certainly people who think that open government is a virtue. There's some people who think it's a virtue if somebody they're opposed to is trying to close it, but then <laughs> also don't care if somebody on their team is right, right. obscuring it. That never and then happens. there's some people who just don't care and see, you know, if what, so what, there's some secrecy. If it gets us to the end that I want, then big right, deal. Right. And, and you get the sense, Lynn, that the uh, mayor's relationships with members of the council have been damaged by this or... Well, I, I get the sense that he is frustrated and uh, sure that they're, uh, you know, he had a really terrific relationship with his last council and that has not been the case the last couple of years. I think he's um, impatient. He wants uh, the city to take bold action. And he's and convinced of the rightness of his approach. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I think it's it, it's been a lesson to him that, you really have to communicate and bring the public along with you, and maybe a, a dictatorial or kind of aggressive approach might not be the best way, especially in Kansas City. Yeah, no question. And he may be convinced of the rightness of his cause or what, however you want to describe it, but you also have to look at the process of this airport discussion as it's unfolded over the last several months and how many times things that he seemed to be convinced were right had to get walked back. You know, we had this idea that Burns and McDonald was the only company that could do this airport thing. That's something he said early on. And then we learned that there was another company and now two others that said, say, hey, we can probably do this too. He, uh, along, he, he shared the table at a press conference with Troy Schulte and Julie Justice and they said, well, we'll open it up for competition, but, um, you know, we can have... Burns and McDonald have the last right of refusal. The city's attorneys and outside lawyers had to say, you guys can't do that. You'll get, you yeah, risk, right. the, not a good deal. You risk the possibility of getting sued and on and on. And so um, I think the other council members are taking that to, to heart and saying, we don't necessarily need to follow this particular mayor's approach because we're not necessarily convinced it's the right way. Yeah, I think you'd both agree that we're really heading, I mean, this week will be fascinating on the airport. And then September and October, assuming it goes on the November ballot, which isn't absolutely guaranteed at this point. I mean, I think everyone's headed that way, but it's not guaranteed. will be a fascinating story in the fall down at 12th and Oak. No question about it. Right. All right. Steve Bachrot, thanks for joining us. Lynn Horsley, thanks for your work, of course. Thank you. And uh, next Wednesday, we'll talk about whatever the council decides, I guess, or where they're at on this process. Thanks for joining us. I'm Dave Helling with the Stars Editorial Board. You have been on Deep Background.